0: Welcome back to Life North Church. I'm glad you've taken a few minutes to join us today. And my prayer is that this is really helpful for you as you want to move forward in your life. And I know we all want to grow and we all want to change and get better, but that change process can be so hard. And so we're here to support you and encourage you in that. We want to be a positive influence, speaking good things into your life and helping you to connect with a God who loves you so very much. And so take a moment, say hello, chat with us. If you're on Facebook, or if you're on Church Online, or even if you're watching on YouTube later, say hi, make sure you subscribe, connect with us. We would like to be there to connect with you and support you as you move forward with your life. Well, you know, I've been reading about change. As we've been going through all this stuff with the pandemic, I thought I need to learn more about how we deal with change because there's so much change going on and how hard that is for us to transition when life seems to be so uncertain and there's so much chaos around us. And that's where we're living right now. And then I got brought close up to it in my own life. I actually hurt myself, and I've been kind of laid out for a little while and not able to do the things I normally do. And so routines that I had established have been kind of thrown out the window, and I've had to do things all differently the last couple of weeks. And it's amazing how much that just throws me off. Does that do that for you as well? When suddenly everything has changed and everything is new and routines are all gone, suddenly everything feels like it's up in the air, and it's hard, and you begin to do things that you didn't want to do, and you throw away good things that you were doing. And how do you live in the middle of all that chaos and uncertainty? Well, thankfully, there's a God who is solid in all of that, and he has a church that can be a support and encouragement and extend grace to each other. When we are struggling, it's okay. We can say to each other, we'll get through this. This will end at some point, and we're here to help you and whatever way we can along the way. And so as I'm slowly on the road to recovery and looking at building those routines and habits back into my life, you probably are too. And as we're going through this series that we're in right now called Deep Clean, it's about dealing with some of the deeper issues that often get stirred up when we find ourselves in these times of big transition and change. And you can deal with some things during that change that would be really, really healthy for you and help you to move forward in a more positive way. And we've looked at forgiveness, we've looked at um, sexuality and pornography, and we looked at shame, and how do we deal with those issues in our lives? Well, today we're going to deal with one that's huge, especially during this time of COVID, that's fear. And so Pastor Amy is going to bring a message talking about how do we deal with, how do we view fear? What does that look like in our lives? And how crippling and debilitating it can be. But the truth is, we can come out of that kind of like my recovery out of being hurt, you can come out of that and find the hope that there is and the courage that there is in God and in following after Him. And so I'm praying that God uses this message to really speak to your heart as we go into week four of our series, Deep Clean.
1: We keep playing with fire.
2: Hey, Life Church! how good is it to be together to worship today? If, um, hey, if you're just coming back for the first time, or if it is your first time, I want you to know you are welcome, welcome wherever you are. For those of you that are watching online, hey, why don't you type in the chat and tell us where you're watching from. And before we dive into God's Word today, I felt like it was appropriate just to take a moment and to pause. And I would like to invite all of you at all of our Life Church locations, whether you're in Albany or Omaha or Fort Worth, would you take a moment and let's just breathe in together and take a deep breath. Everybody the count of three, just breathe in one time, one, two, three. Breathe in everybody and let's just take a moment and exhale. And I just wanna pause and acknowledge that this has been another very emotional week for so many people. At the end of a very emotional and challenging year for so many people. And at a time like this, I want to just recenter and remember and remind ourselves of who we are and what we're about. We have a mission at Life Church, and I'm going to ask you to say it with me in a moment. Our mission is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And all of our churches, would you say that aloud? What are we about? We are going to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now, how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna reach people? We're gonna reach people in the same way that God reached us. For God so what? Say it with me. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. We love because God did what? Because God first loved us. The world will know that we are disciples by what? By the way that we Love one another. So no matter where you come from, I want you to know, I want you to feel it, and I want you to believe it, that you are loved. You matter to God, you matter to us, and you matter to me. And I don't always have the words to say it right, but what I wanna say is it doesn't matter the color of your skin, it doesn't matter the profession that you hold, it doesn't matter the kind of clothes you wear. If you wear designer clothes, the best of the best, or this is the all I had clean clothes. As long as you wear some, you can come. Our dress code is please do. You need to know that, please do. But you are loved and you are welcome. And um, there's a lot of things that I've never been. I'll tell you two of them. I've never been a person of color. And so there are a lot of things I don't understand, but I want you to know that I'm listening and I care. And as a church, We wanna be a part of the solution and a voice of hope and healing. I hope somebody agrees with me today. And I've also never put on a blue uniform and kissed my spouse goodbye and my kids goodbye and then gone out to risk my life to serve and protect others. And so I can certainly imagine that there are those who would need a little extra love and encouragement this week to those who serve and protect us. I think that would go a long way. The bottom line is, as a church, when the world looks on, they will not know that we're disciples by our buildings or by the style of our worship, or even by how we vote, but they will know that we are disciples of Jesus by how we love one another. And that's who we are, and that's what we'll do as a church. If you agree, would you give God some praise today? Now, If you're ready for the word today, I've got good news for you. We have a great guest speaker, and this guest speaker is my best friend, the only woman that I kiss, and the mother of my six children. Uh, She is the most godly person that I know, and I know that you'll be blessed to hear the word from somebody so passionate about God's word and His truth. Would you help me welcome today, my bride, Amy Rochelle.
1: Thank you, thank you praise God. Oh, I love that guy. I am so thankful for my husband. I'm so thankful for our church. I am thankful to get the honor to share my love with you, God and His Word. And so Join me today, just lean in, and I believe the Holy Spirit is going to speak a word that only He can do directly to you in the way that you uniquely need to hear. So I'm ready, are y'all ready? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, uh, bucket lists are not a thing that I I do, Um, But I do have wishes and desires. Does anybody here like to have a bucket list and you've like officially got one? So I think I just keep my list in my mind. So a long time ago, like 18 years ago, I had this great desire, mostly me, not so much Craig, of my kids, they had to get to Disney. That was like the parent, the good parent thing that you did is get your kids to Disney World. And so uh, we had four kids And I was actually expecting our fifth and it worked out that we were able to save and prepare a trip to Disney over a Christmas break. And so I was so excited and I wanted to give them this as their Christmas gift. And so I found the biggest cardboard box and I said, we're going to put clues, Disney type clues in the box, lots of missing toys from my girl's toy box. And we're going to wrap it up and and they will get the biggest surprise on Christmas morning. And so that's what we did. And But you know, the box was sitting there for days on end and they're like, what's in it? And the anticipation is growing and growing, but then they get to that Christmas morning and they're thinking who knows what about what's in that box. And so when they open it and it's mostly empty, we video, we think it's gonna be a great moment. They are confused and then even, once they realize, and we have to explain, this is a trip to Disney World, they're not even excited. They like, they don't care. In fact, one of my girls was like, I don't wanna ride rides with Disney characters. And she thought like from the commercials that you rode rides with them. No, no, no. So we get, we like, we leave a few days later. We pack them up and we fly and we go to Florida and we go to Disney World and have our great, dream trip with the kids. The only thing is that it's Christmas break and this is the most crowded time of the year to go to Disney and we got our, my family at Disney, got a photo here with the kids, aren't they adorable? And little Sammy and, and, and I'm not in it because I'm taking the photo and I, again, I'm pregnant. And that's just not a great time to go, don't go at Christmas break, don't go when you're pregnant. We were, um, waiting in these long lines. We did not know what we were doing, so we didn't have those fast passes. Of course, we've got little ones that are always hungry, always tired, and uh, always thirsty. And as soon as they're thirsty, then it's time to go to the bathroom, and and you're in the middle of that long line. And we just exhausted ourselves. And we were like, we are not Disney people. Maybe you are a Disney person, and and you love Disney, and you have a great time when you go to Disney World. That was not us. We never went again. (laughs) And so, but the thing is, it's like the great trip was over and then great, great time or not, it was over. And then what? What's the next thing? Life is, you know, we can't just live it for those bucket list moments, but life can just feel like Now what? We get into this grind and it feels empty. And so today's title is When Life Fills Empty. Heavenly Father, we need you, Father, just to come Holy Spirit and reveal to us the ways that we're living life on empty and show us how to fill those things the way that you've called us to fill them. In Jesus' name, amen. So in our physical bodies, we know what to do if We're thirsty, right? You get some water, hopefully. Uh, soda doesn't really do the trick if you really wanna get hydrated. And we know that dehydration is a big problem um, physically. Like if you get severely dehydrated, you are in trouble. And the symptoms can be miserable with dehydration. But we know, okay, if you are sick or um, you need to drink the extra water. If you're in a hot area, you need to drink extra water. We know what to do when we get that that thirst and and we want to avoid the dehydration symptoms of, and there's a lot, and I narrowed it down, that we can experience. We can get that thirst, of course. You get irritable. We get fatigued, confusion, weakness. Kind of sounds a lot like the Disney trip. (laughs) It's... There's a lot more that can go wrong when you're dehydrated. It's a problem, right? It, but, and we know what to do to fix it. We hydrate. We, give, we get ourselves that water. Now, but do we know, guys, what to do when our own soul feels empty? Do we know what to do when our spirit feels dried up? I know that the natural thing to do is just to, to look around and think, what? You know, and think, okay, I'll just fix this. I'll quench this with. I just need some me time. I need some downtime. I need some veg time. I need to go get my nails done if you're a girl or whatever. Something that's. I need to read that book. I need to have that downtime. It might be um, that you are a big achiever and you think, oh, I just need that next uh, accomplishment that will make me feel like life is good. I, I hit that goal. I've I've satisfied this. Uh, this need to quench something. You might be looking at that relationship and thinking, okay, I need that. I need that relationship to help me, to uh, to be something for me, to fulfill something in me. And really, we're draining that relationship of, of life because we're becoming to it in a needy way. And uh, sadly, for a lot of us, we will go to a substance and a substance that's uh, either legal or illegal and we over indulge in food and in that special um, favorite thing of a substance because we're looking to fill this dryness of our soul, this emptiness. It could be that you're just always surviving for the weekend, for the day off, for the next thing to help. But these things, we know we experience them. If you just live for a minute, we know. They don't last. It can satisfy for a minute. I mean, I love me some good cake, you know, and, and then I can overdo it and it satisfies until I go, I had about 10, 10 too many bites of that icing and cake. So it just doesn't last. The problem is when we are living in this life filled with constant emptiness and dryness, it's because we are often trying to satisfy that hunger, that thirst for the things that are temporary. And we know, as belie- if you're a believer in Christ, that the temporary things are not the lasting things. They are not the, the things that will satisfy us, but they're good until we take them as our life source, right? So we're going to look at a great text today from the first letter of John, John chapter 2, starting in verse 15, and John says this, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of our flesh, those desires, the lust of our eyes, envy, greed, the pride of life, all of this is not coming from the Father God, but from the world. And the world and its desires will pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. It's a great verse, but let's make sure we understand, wait, what, like, not supposed to love the world? Because for God so loved, the world that he gave his only son. But the Bible has two ways that it can reference the world. And the first one, definition if there's two the first definition for the world is just god's creation it's what he made it's those visible things it's us humanity and when he made all of us everything he said it's good that's a good world that's the world he came for loved and died for the second definition that the world would mean in this text references to is the worldliness Worldliness has a lot of nuances for us to understand, but I think the key is in this. It's how we would view and live life through our sin nature. It's our flesh, the created world and ourself, us, we're center stage, okay, in this. A worldly mind is a mind that is self-focused, self-righteous, self-indulgent. It is, even though it's self-indulgent, it is discontent and really concerned with honoring themse- ourselves rather than looking at pe- for people to honor us instead of looking for honor from God. And to honor him. And so that's the worldliness that we're told not to love. Why, why do we not love the world? I kind of feel like, man, sometimes I like, you know, I'm guilty. I, I like the world. I, this is, life can be good. But what does he mean to don't love the world? It's like, uh oh, this verse can get you. Well, the Greek word for love, this is agapeo. And agapeo is a verb. It comes from the word agape, which is the noun that's that love that God gives. And so this word agapeo, it's that verb that's an act of our will. It's when you choose, you prefer to highly value and place pleasure into a person or a thing. And it's it's a good thing that God would prefer and choose us and agapeo and actively love us. But it gets in trouble, we get in trouble when we begin to agapeo the world and begin to prefer the world. And so it's an important word to understand that that preference is the key to this word. It's that choice. We actively choose one thing over another thing and that is what this word actively does. And so why would we prefer actively the things of this world to be our source that's supposed to give us life and meaning and hope. When the Bible says it's passing away and Ecclesiastes says that when you're going after the things of the world, you're grasping at the wind, you're chasing wind. And I don't think I could get anywhere chasing wind, do you? No. So preferring the world, preferring self and me and all the things that I do that are so good and understand, over our glorious creator, that's crazy. And when we do that, we're grasping at something that's not real. It's not life, it's an illusion. The illusion, guys, that word is, it means that we are deceived. We're looking at something and believing it's something that it isn't. This illusion is a trap. It's how the enemy will bait our flesh into things that will that are good that we think will bring something that it can't. And so it brings emptiness instead. It brings absolute despair and hopelessness instead as we continue to grasp and we can't get it. And as believers, it makes us ineffective. It makes us unproductive when we're grasping at things instead of clinging to our Savior and living from Him, we get absolutely nowhere. And when I think about the illusion of the world, I have to go back to a time when my firstborn, Katie, was about four or five years old. And we have a picture of her up for you. She's adorable, she's angelic, she's even got her little Scooby-Doo outfit on. And Katie, we took her to Disney on Ice, yes, another Disney illustration. We took her to Disney on Ice and to the Little Mermaid um, production and and she's mesmerized, she's so captivated, leaning in and these figure skaters all in their costumes looking like uh, water creatures and she is so captivated and I never will forget it. She looked over at me and then she looked back at them looked back at me and she said, Mom, are they, is this real? Are they real? And I said, no, babe, they have on costumes. And then she looked at me again and looked back and she said, Mom, are we real? Because. It was such a deep and great illusion that she had lost all sense of reality. What is real mom? I don't even know anymore. Oh my gosh. What a great picture when we think about how we can get fooled by things that are counterfeit. We get the, an illusion that there's something that looks like it's life-giving when it isn't. And this is what really happened all the way back in the beginning with our, the first created people, Adam and Eve, in the garden. They fell for the illusion that there would be something more from the forbidden tree when actually God had already given them all that they needed. And it not only happened then, but it's been happening ever since. And it happened with God's chosen people, the Israelites. And I wanna show you a text in Jeremiah chapter two, verse 11, that has always gripped me. And starting there, it says, these are words of God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah, but my people, God's people, they have exchanged their glorious God, they've agapeoed, they've chosen to prefer, right? They've exchanged this glorious God for worthless, worthless things, worthless idols that have zero benefit. Be appalled, God says, at this, you heavens. Shudder with great horror. Another translation says, be afraid, be desolate. Desolate means be dried up. This is horrific, declares the Lord. My people, They've committed these two great sins. First, they have forsaken me. And who is He? God, He is the spring of living water, the living water of God. And what they've done is they have agapeo, they've gone over and they've dug and made cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water cannot hold water, doesn't work, but they go and they try to craft from the culture that they've been living in and looking at, they've been conforming to and they begin to create these these cisterns of trying to create life from what is not life and so what is a cistern first of all let's understand that a cistern is just a water storage container it holds the water it is not a source for water a well is where you can tap into underground water sources and actually pull out something that's actually there but cisterns they can be above ground they can be underground, but they were where we stored the water, not as source, what this is is a great metaphor is God is saying, look, these cisterns, these storage places, this is your idolatry. Uh, This is your heart that's been captivated and unfaithful and wandered off into something that it isn't real, it's not life-giving, and you have fallen for an illusion, and you have fallen for these false gods, and you're off the mark. So, you might think, this is really bad. You know, that's sad and bad, but I, what does that have to do with me? I'm not worshiping idols, Amy. I, do I really need this message? Well, let me just say that, unfortunately, We do, we do need to hear this word because, and and, and I hope maybe that you don't, but I think that so many of us do because we so quickly can fall for illusions. And the early church struggled with this. The church of Christ is still struggling with it today where we're trying to fill a need from something other than Christ. In the early church, Paul told us Guys, you need to grow up. You're still acting worldly. You're still fighting, you're still jealous, you're still quarreling, you're saying, I follow this guy, I follow this guy, and it's all about yourself. It's a, it's a sin nature still going on. Instead of walking from being a new creation and living in love towards other and forgiveness towards other, you're, you're living worldly, guys. So that was true then, and now we live today as Christians, and we should know better, but we still look at, at the things in our life as that illusion, that counterfeit source instead of the source of the living water, and we go to these as substitute containers to try to fill us. I just wanted to bring some examples to you in case you needed a reminder. This cup can be our cistern that we try to make for ourselves with relationships. And these things are, relationships are wonderful. God wants us to have them. But when we make them our everything, when we look to relationships, our families, our, our children, um, that romantic relationship, your marriage, whatever, in you, your friendships, if you try to make this the way that you will get filled up, you are gonna come up empty. And another example would be when we look to this world to find all the ways that we can find pleasure in life. We're looking at um, hobbies and those experiences like Disney, we're looking at substances and the food we eat, and anything that will just give us entertainment, give us some pleasure. And again, God wants us to enjoy life, but we cannot find uh, our soul Fill our soul and our dryness and our emptiness with just going to the next pleasure and delight. And then third, this one gets me because, okay, this is a university that is here in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, but this cup represents knowledge. And I think that so many times we can get distracted in thinking that the very next thing that I could learn is going to be we get puffed up in it. the Bible says knowledge puffs up, but love builds up and we can start to think that what we know is the important thing and that's what makes us important, it makes us better than, it's what I have learned about in the pandemic, what I have learned about in politics, whatever that thing is and um, intellectualism and I'm, I'm smarter, I have a better degree, we put this in place of a life-giving uh, relationship with God. And it lasts. maybe it's status. This is my status cup. It's so beautiful, so you know what? We're just looking at life going, whatever the success could be, maybe it's my job. I'm putting uh, my hope in. It's the influence that I could have. It's that possession, it's my appearance. Um, So much of this, guys, is about self, self, self. We're trying to fill our lives with uh, just exalting, again, worldliness, exalting our self. But guess what? These are good things. God gives us these things in our lives and they're blessings. But the problem is, is that they, we go and we start to seek, the gift instead of the giver. And it is these things in life just point us all of creation. You could be like a, a nature lover. All of creation and all the good things, they are pointing us to the one who is worthy, the creator to who is forever to be praised. That is what they're given. Every good and perfect gift is from above, but they are they are gifts. They are not the prize, the prize is Jesus, and so we need to recognize in this moment just if you have wandered and you have followed, start realizing that instead of following Jesus, pursuing him wholeheartedly, that you're actually following the kingdom of you, the kingdom of me, that you have Agapeo preferred the world living for its glory seeking its wisdom prioritizing the world's agenda clinging to what is temporary then what you're doing is you're slowly emptying yourself you're depleting yourself of what is truly life and so how do we fill it how do we fill all of this emptiness well We need a deep clean from the Holy Spirit. And guys, all we need to do is just listen to the voice of the Spirit. If He's convicting us in any little way, however great or small that you have gotten off track and tried to fill it with the world, things of the world, we humbly first, we need to repent and humbly um, humble ourselves before God. We humbly repent before God, we go to Him like James 4 says, and, and in James 4, it says, whoever wants to be a friend of this world will make himself an enemy of God, of this worldliness. Or do you think the scripture says in vain, the spirit of God, Christian, who dwells within you, yearns jealousy, we have a jealous God who's jealous for our hearts. He, he's worthy of, it, of our hearts, and he get, but he gives us more grace. There's grace here. God, of course, He resists the proud. So it is so important that we humble ourselves. He gives grace to the humble. Praise God for that. He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, we're gonna submit to God. We're going to resist the evil one and just draw near. Draw, draw near, that's the solution. Don't draw to the empty cisterns. They will not hold water. Draw near to God. Draw near to God. And so humbly repenting is so important. And the second thing we're gonna do is we're gonna live from the right source. Jesus is that source. And when he comes and lives in in us by the Holy Spirit, we live by the Spirit. And guess what? The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit for the believer is our great reminder. He will remind us of our calling. Our calling is to be Holy, to not to live in the world, but not to live of the world. The Holy Spirit will remind us that we should walk and live by the Spirit and by faith, and we need to be feasting on the Word of God, the life of God, and not conforming to this world, but we are called to live as Christ, live as Christ, to become like Him. He reminds us to view people as the object of God's great compassion, the people that He wants to reconcile to Himself through us, His church, as His ambassadors. And so, you know, like Paul, he, he lived by the Spirit and he reminds us, we're gonna walk. We're gonna walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. We're going to be filled by Him. If we are empty, look, you can live empty, and you can live dried up, but the dehydration symptoms are real, guys. They are giving you things that will keep you dried up. When you live in this world, you are thirsty and dried up, but you, when you live by the Holy Spirit, You get so much more than what's on this list. You get the the contentment from God instead of thirst. You're filled with the peace of God instead of irritability. You are filled with love for people and good deeds that you walk in. You're not tired and fatigued anymore, but you're filled with life. God, when you go to Him, He gives you rest. He fills you with the hope of, and if you're confused and you're living in the world, through Christ and walking by His Spirit, you are filled with faith. You have, you're walking with the mind of Christ. And when you have weakness because the world leaves you weak and spent, the joy of God. When we live by the Spirit, it's the joy of God that is our strength. And we have a choice. This is a choice. It's who will we agape. Are we going to agape-o the world or our Savior? Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be satisfied. And everyone who drinks this water, Jesus said in John 4, will be thirsty again. The water from the well, natural water. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. This water will well up to them in like a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The most meaningful verse um, in scripture to me that resonates with me so well as I, um, as I talk about this message of dryness that is so near to my heart that I cling to is Psalm 63. And in Psalm 63, the Psalmist David, his heart, he's explaining where life is so well. When he says, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul, it thirsts for you. My flesh, it faints, it's fainting for you. As in a dry and weary land, where there is no water, because Your steadfast love is better than life, better than this world. My lips will praise you. I will bless you, God, as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food and my mouth will praise you. We'll praise you with joyful lips. Guys, the opposite of loving the world is to seek and love and delight in God and live for His will and the glory of His kingdom. Truly, this is where life fulfillment and joy are found. Father, we thank you and praise you that you reveal yourself to us as living water. And that's what we hunger for, that's what we thirst for. That is what we need. Forgive us when we forget and we get distracted by the things of this world. We know only you will satisfy. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Thank you. Uh, All of our churches, let's continue in an attitude of prayer. Father, thank you. We pray that the power of your spirit, you would do it only you can do. At all of our churches today and those of you online, if you find yourself with that emptiness of this world and you want the fullness of God, would you lift up your hands right now? Just type it in the chat. I need the fullness of God. Father, we pray that we would not be empty cisterns, but we'd be full of your living water. Satisfy us with the goodness of your kingdom, we pray. As you keep reflecting today in prayer at all of our churches or online, some of you realize you've been searching for something that can't satisfy. You've got a a spiritual thirst that only Jesus can meet. If you find yourself hurting, broken, lost, or afraid, let me tell you about the goodness of God, it's living water, his name is Jesus, he is God in the flesh, who is perfect in every way. He gave his life and God raised him from the dead so that anyone, and this includes you, who calls on his name would be saved forgiven and made new at all of our churches and those online who'd say, yes, I know I've sinned. I know I need his forgiveness. I'm searching and I can't find anything that satisfies. Today, let me introduce you to living water. His name is Jesus. Turn away from your sins and call on him. He will make you new at all of our churches or online. Those who say, I need his grace. I'm giving my life to Jesus. That's your prayer. Lift up your hands now. All of our churches say, yes, Jesus, I surrender my life. To you, those of you online, just type that into the chat. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Wherever you're watching today, would you just pray aloud with those around you? Pray, Heavenly Father, forgive all of my sins. Jesus, save me. Fill me with your spirit, that I would love you and not this world. Thank you for new life. I give you all of mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Could you celebrate big today? Welcome those born into God's family.
0: If you were moved by the message and you accepted Jesus into your heart, we want to say congratulations. That is the best decision that you could ever make. And we want you to let us know so that we can support you. Life is not meant to be lived alone. And I know as as you take this big step, we want to be there for you and support you. And maybe you're a follower of Christ and you found what your next step is. Let your life group know. They want to support you, love you, and encourage you as you take those next steps. Well, don't forget to come back next week because we know that whoever finds God finds life.
2: I have a vision for a church that loves others more than we've been loved, who serve others more than we have been served, that gives more than we have received. People so overwhelmed with the love of God that we love and accept people right where they are, but we love and point them to a Jesus who will make them new. When we come together, we are the local church and we believe that the local church is the hope of the world.